Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast. This week, we are talking with Matt Lafort. Matt is a native of Marseille, France, and he, with his wife and two lovely children, moved to Andorra. Andorra is a not a small, but a principality on the border between Spain and France in the Pyrenees. Uh, it's a principality because it doesn't have an army or a currency, but it does have its own type of government. So Matt is very well positioned to talk with us about all things FKT in Europe. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Buzz. Well, it's good to, always good to talk with you. Uh, and the French, of course, have been going after this for a long time. The Euros have been going after this a long time. But the the fastest known time seen in Europe has a different style. Uh, let's walk this back. The term fastest known time is now being used in Europe. It never used to be. And, and it is actively being pursued, as we're going to discover later on in this conversation. But going back a little bit, people have been doing this in Europe for decades. For example, in the United Kingdom, Bob Graham with the famous Bob Graham round, that obviously was an FKT. So who else were the pioneers in Europe? And by Europe, we're also including the UK. Yeah, <laughs> nice pun. Um, so yeah, like it's it's interesting because it, it like the story of like FKT of like speed ascent, descent, get back to like really really early. Uh, like the first first race myself here in the Pyrenees, the, the we have records of the first race, the Vignemal race in 1904, uh, which was basically an up and down um, to get to the summit of Vignemal and back, uh, 50, like 50k, roughly 50k, and almost. 3,000 meters of vertical gain. And it was basically that, like moving fast and light in the mountains. So really early, people had that idea of like looking at the time and, and, and defining like the, 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 the purest route to go up and down a mountain. That was like the, 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 the key. And then, of course, you have Bob Graham in the UK in the 30s, uh, 1932, if I remember. Um, so again, like he connected all those hills and made it, within 24 hours and the Bob Graham run started that way. And then you have the Charlie Ramsey, the Paddy Buckley. Um, and, and those became like, you know, like time to beat or just like be in the club, like just like being within 24 hours uh, to complete those amazing routes. Um, it was there. So like no race whatsoever in the UK, all old race um, in France, in especially here in the Pyrenees. Um, you have like different approaches, but like the idea was the same, like moving really fast and light and, uh, and nothing much. Well, that's terrific. Uh, and of course, we could talk about this for hours, but you mentioned the 1904 race in the Pyrenees. And in, in other words, this has been happening as far back as we can go. There, there's no yeah. starting point. And some of the, the pioneers in the UK, of course, Bob Graham is known just because of his eponymous <laughs> event. And by the way, around, for those who don't know, is where one summits a number of peaks. It's what we sometimes call a link up here. And you get to the summits any way you want. So it's not a trail. It's not even a marked route. You just go around, if you will, the, the countryside, the hills, the mountains, ticking off the various summits by any way that you feel like. Yeah, for the Bob Graham, for example, you have 40, 42 fells, and you have to connect with those fells in a row within 24 hours. It's pretty straightforward, actually. 42 fells, and of course, that's what England uh, calls, well, 
not so much mountains, but hills. Uh, maybe yeah. hills might be what the uh, in the United States we would call a fell. And as you said, they get after it. They're they're organized. They have particular yeah. rules. These records go back decades. When you go onto the continent, I think you just said a couple of things that are really important. I think it, I don't know if you're trying to say it, but it came right out the purest root. Isn't that it? Isn't that how you look at it? Yeah, I mean, it, and again, it's really tied to the mountains. Like, of course, then we got like like long traverses on established trails, but like going fast and light was like tied to the mountains, and like the idea was like start from from a, a village, get to the summit of of a peak of a of a, of a well known peak, and back to to the same village. So, and usually the church was the the starting and finishing line. Like for like the the Materon FKT or like the the Mont Moulin FKT with Chamonix, um, and it was like pretty simple. So like no route, you you go the fastest you can, and, and and back to the to the church within X amount of hours, and that was it. So yeah, it, that 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 was like the the style of the pioneers that people these days try to 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 keep in mind and. Uh, and with like better preparation and so on, they try to 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 improve those times. So we we see that we see that trend coming uh, actually in in Europe. But uh, like records like stand for uh, like decades, like the, the Bruno Bruno, um, the Montero Side KT that that Marco just beat this year. Um, those records like re- stand like for like decades. It was like super fast. Right. What a great heritage and so different. So just to yeah. make the contrast, uh, here in the States, we, of course, a couple months ago, we completed the fastest known time of the year awards, which, by the way, is coming up in Europe, but we'll announce that here later on in the podcast. And a lot of ours are running trails. I could say most of them are running trails uh, from the Zion Crossing to, of course, one of our most iconic ones, Rim to Rim to Rim in the Grand Canyon and the John Muir Trail. But there, like you said, the heritage is quite different. You start at the bottom, you go to the top, come back down. And not only does it not necessarily have to be on a trail, but you can take whatever line that you want. And then, as you said earlier, I think the stylistic ethos is the purest route, which means, uh, if I may say so, straight up straight down or following a ridge, something that was logical rather than something that was man-made. And you mentioned, of course, some of these super classics, the Matterhorn. And in terms of pioneers, the name that stands out on the continent is Bruno Bruno, who's a uh, stonemason from the Oesta Valley in northern Italy. And he was the person that, of course, he did a lot of sky races, a lot of sky running, and he indeed competed against Matt Carpenter for a while. It was that yes. era. <laughs> Those two, was, those two had quite ba- big battles. <laughs> the amazing era, yeah. <laughs> but the style is so, well, if I may say so, romantic or compelling for us because a lot of the classic starts are literally at the steps of a particular church in town. Yes. In the States, we might start at a trailhead, of course, which is sort of obscure. There's like a sign. Uh, but there in Chamonix or Cormier, there's a, the steps, stone steps of a church. And you run through the cobbled streets of town and then crank up to the top of the mountain that's visible from town. And that's, of course, is the Matterhorn style, the Mont Blanc style. And that's that's an, an amazing thing to uh, consider. Yeah, I mean, like, and again, like straightforward, it's super simple. I, 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 I love the 
like the vision those people had back in the days and the idea was basically like try to go like as fast as possible like don't think too much like what's the best route um take as the minimalist approach that you can you can have minimalist equipment and then go and get it and um and it's amazing because bruno record it was from 1995 and it took like like long time before a guy like Killian go and, and after it and, and, and beat it. Um, because like people thought like the same as, as uh, Bob Graham at KT this year, people thought that nobody can, can beat that. It's impossible. And, um, and Killian went and beat it. And Bruno, when you, 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 you talk with him, he, he said that Killian's record will be beaten in a, maybe 20 years, you know, um, because it's that big of an accomplishment, but like nothing is like forever. So um, it's it's pretty amazing to see that to see that people look after like the um, the, the the pioneers, those, those old records, and yeah, like maybe in 10, 15 years, people will be like talking the same way about Kian that we do today about Bruno. That's interesting. Bruno is I, I, my guess is that many people listening to this podcast. I've never heard of Bruno Brunon. And prior to Killian talking about him, I'm sure most people have never heard of him. I made a point of interviewing him and meeting him when I was in Italy a number of years ago. And I was told <clears throat> when he set the that classic record on the Matterhorn, when he came running back down, you know, through the, the, the streets to finish at the church, people were literally crying. They were yeah. so relieved that he was alive. I mean that that that's the the style is really different, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and also like the um, they, they 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 took risk on 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 the Matterhorn because it's uh like the the upper part of the mountain. Obviously, it's really alpine terrain, um, so they don't have any protection. So it's it's really like top of the art, um, and and they are taking like risk to go fast. So also you had like controversies with people saying, oh, this is not the way you should be having the mountains. And still to this day, you have those two different approaches in Europe where you have people like saying, no, no, this is not the way you have to be having the mountains. You have to go slower. And then you have like all the people saying, but this is another way to, to, to experience and to uh, enjoy the mountains. So not going fast doesn't mean that you don't enjoy anything and you just want to die. Um, so it was like sort of difficult to have like those two communities like talking to each other and understand each other um but um but yeah like they like what bruno did in in, in back in 1995 was amazing people were relieved to see him back in Sardinia. and um but the thing is that he didn't get that popular and like even here in europe bruno became famous if i may say after um kian met him with a video crew uh because kian was like like Bruno was was a was a hero for him. He had a poster of Bruno in his uh, room when he was younger. Um, so because Kian has always been like really involved in the sport and he was like really a hardcore enthusiast. And um in like paying tribute to Bruno before the before his attempt on Matterhorn, um, all of a sudden people discovered who's that guy uh, working in masonry who. Like in 1995, did that amazing record that Kian thinks maybe he can beat, you know, like in, in the big Kian era where people like are thinking, oh, it's the, the guy is not human, he's amazing. And all of a sudden the, he's paying tribute to that guy. 
and all of a sudden people started like to 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 look for information who's that guy what did he do and then you get back to the roots of sky running and all those like crazy races that existed in the past that are coming for some um in now these days with the monterosa um, sky marathon for example but um it was like a, a, a nice way in in that digital era that we live in um to yeah pay tribute to the to, to the pioneers and all of a sudden they they get the the recognition from peers and and fans that they didn't get back in the day excellent point that's such a classic story because killian and justly so is one of the best known endurance athletes in the world and so he comes up on the matterhorn and he practiced you know he he didn't go up there and flash that he worked on that route yeah. for i forgot how many times he did it and then he seven said, times. how many? Yeah, I think seven or seven times, something like that. He came, he put his, his van at the, at, the, at the bottom of the, the mountain, and he did laps um, over the course of like two weeks, I guess. Uh, he, he really trained, he really prepared. It, it was not that, hey, I'm coming, I'm going to go up in the, up the mountain and back, and that's as easy. No, he, he practiced, he, he checked all the, 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 the key moves. On the on the ascent and the descent, obviously the, the snow conditions, like everything was like dialed for the for the D-Day. That's that's classic, isn't it? Because one might observe that Killian, for a number of years, you know, he's he's extraordinary endurance athlete, so he does really well at races, but he really throws down for his FKTs. <laughs> I think he puts considerably more effort and attention into his projects than he does into races. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he has a bunch of projects, whether it's on skis or on foot, and um, he loves to prepare um, like those those, those projects, um, whether it's like really alpine or uh, or just like going fast. Um, and this is the way he got known. Also, um, obviously in Europe, he became famous because of his back-to-back victories at UTMB, but then. He he broke the, the the FKT of the GR20 in Corsica. He broke the the FKT for the um, Pyrenean tra- the Traverse of the Pyrenees from C to C. Um, so then, yeah, like of course he had his summit summits of my life project where he's going for uh, Aconcagua, Chumalungma, or Everest, Kilimanjaro. And yeah. Yes, and then we we got to that that project was really personal to him to to get to like those iconic mountains in the world um up to Everest obviously but um yeah those were like it's still tied to his pro to, to his DNA and what he loves to do and he and he has a bunch of projects he's working on, on, on plenty of projects um just like the descent of the the troll wall on skis that he did like last year we, we saw a video recently that's just amazing he yeah yeah he, he's doing so many things this is ridiculous but yeah he loves to do those projects aside from like racing and that uh, those projects you mentioned um, highlight the Euro style coming back to the theme here, which is the purest line starting at the bottom, going to the top of a mountain, preferably a very iconic and beautiful mountain, and then coming straight back down by whatever route. Well, in the States, again, we have, of course, a lot of trails. In Europe, there's never even a sport called trail running. It's generally called mountain running or sky running. Are there any um, long trails that people are getting after? For example, you mentioned the GR20 in Corsica, and the, the G, there's a whole series, a whole sequence of GRs all across Europe. I mean, the, the long trails are 
all over, but they tend not to be backcountry trails. They tend to be different. So they're all going through towns and villages and crossing roads and things like that. How would you, is there anything in the equivalent of the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail in Europe? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's a few traverses, but it's not as the same as you guys, like the AT or the PCT or the Continental. It's it. Those are like really established, like the John Muir Trail. Those are really established um, trail here, like in Europe. You have like, for example, like like crossing Corsica is like is a is a is on the to do list of like all all athletes because it's it's so amazing. The trails can be like pretty wild, and then you get into like um, small huts and so on. It's really beautiful, and there's like a race on like those getting who's going to get the next at KT like it's really easy to like monitor the athletes so um the GR20 is really established then you are like uh the Iceland Traverse for example like you cross Iceland from north to to, to south um it's uh 500 kilometers um you have the um, the King Trail in in Sweden where it's like also like 450 kilometers um like basically like in in the backcountry so but those don't have yet the um, the same visibility and the same um the same vibe that you can get in the u.s with the the at and the pct because again like the, the origin of the the the, the fkt if i may say, here in europe it's more about like getting up and down a mountain but you also have those traverses like the Pyrenean traverse like it's Super well known. There's like different like routes you can you can traverse like the the, the Pyrenees from from sea to sea using different um, different routes. Uh, so there's like different uh, record established uh, based on those different routes. But um, yeah, it's it, it doesn't have the same appeal. But it's changing. We we saw this year that we we saw multi, multiple attempts on those long trails, um, and you have people like getting like interested in like finding the nest next thing to do um because again when you get to the alpine and like those iconic um routes like Matterhorn, for example i mean it gets technical and and then you see like the the line get blurry between what's um running attempt and and the speed climbing attempt and every every year the the the, the line gets blurrier because like athletes like kilian for example they they, they can do so many things that they start getting into like a level of what people might think it's oh it's climbing um right and sometimes it's not and so it's interesting to see like the so people who are not that much into technical terrain and more like into like how many days can we endure on on long route they switch to like those long trails but we don't have that history uh that strong history of uh just like trailhead to trailhead um roots in the right. in europe right well hopefully uh we're not we won't have a bad influence on you um <laughs> just kidding on that of course so there's the differences we've highlighted so far is that strong emphasis in europe on the summits and that even goes for the fells in uh, the uk which frankly aren't that high my apologies to anyone listening in the uk right now but they're they're terrific they're fantastic yeah. summits fantastic routes but still it's always about the summit and when you move to the continent it becomes 
a technical aspect. You mentioned Killian taking parking his van at the bottom of the Servenia and working on the Matterhorn for two weeks just so he has every move down pat. And that's what a lot of people are, have done on Multarosa and Montblanc. And also you noted that the line between climbing and mountain running is blurring. That's happening here as well, but Europe, that's always been happening. So there's a technical aspect that is a stylistic difference. But here's one last difference, Matt. Uh, I think sometimes in Europe, low key is not the style. I think in here, we still like to think of ourselves as cowboys. You know, we are off there all by yourself in the middle of the woods and you know doing something special. Well, there's a little more sponsorship, a little more hoopla sometimes in Europe. Is that the case? It's true. So, um, in, like, for example, like the... Um, the GR20 usually, uh, when an athlete uh, try to uh, break the, the record on, on the GR20, he gonna get like lots of support um, uh, from like brands, and so you have like crew, and, and it's 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 not low key. Um, then it, the the trend gets some some sometimes to like weird things happening, like you see like arches at the start of the like inflatable arches at the start of a of a of a FKT attempt, and so you, you don't you don't understand if it's a, an ultra trail that an athlete is running alone, or like an FKT attempt because there are like so many people like running around and there's like food everywhere and people like and you can see like sometimes mewling and stuff. So that's weird. So the, that spot is super weird, but at the same time we see a trend with athletes who are really into the 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 the, the, the FKT philosophy. Uh, who try to remain low key? So, like for example, um, like with um, again with Kilian, for example, like he did like a traverse um, from Italy to the summit of Mont Blanc um, last year. He just published um, so the Integral du Brouillard, which is like a, a beautiful traverse, like technical traverse to get to the summit of Mont Blanc. He broke the FKT. Three three people um, uh, broke the FKT uh, last year. And they didn't get much coverage. It was like really low key, um, no hoopla on the social media. Um, so we we see like the trend on like really serious projects um, getting back to that low key approach where you only focus on like getting things done and not like what should I say to social media, how should we behave and stuff like that. But it's true that for like a decade, we saw that trend of like every year the brands get more involved and there's like storytelling involved because like most of the time the story are amazing. It's great. And I understand brands who want to um, take benefit and, 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 and tell the story of their, their, their sponsored athletes. But sometimes it gets to a point where it's too much, like having <laughs> inflatable arches. Honestly, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Having a person like running for like 50 hours, like with, a bunch of people around. I'm not sure that's the same, the same feeling, the same vibe that you would think like being self-supported, for example, and like doing like really um, like work on yourself and like, you know, when you're lost and, and stuff, like if you all the time you have like people with like GPS and, and food and water and, and you have like camera crew everywhere, sometimes it, helicopters, might right. get weird. Yeah. It might get weird. Well, <laughs> and of course, that's personal opinion. And that's the beauty of the fastest known time scene is that it's a community. 
And this community has a big tent, so people can pursue it in whatever style they want. And as some people say, yeah, it's not for me, you just kind of move to the other side of the tent, and it's okay. Now, actually, the funny contrast, there's many funny contrasts, but one has to think of Scott Jurek on the Appalachian Trail a few years ago, where he had this backlash from the you know, state park director at Baxter State Park in Maine, where Scott popped a champagne bottle on the summit of Mount Katahdin. It's like, whoa, no, can't do that. And so he actually got a ticket for doing this. Meanwhile, as you note, that there's those giant inflatable arches here at the start of some of uh, FKTs, not just races, but some of the FKTs and sponsors are being involved. While at the same time, Matt, sorry to summarize this, then you have other people who are just kind of backing away from that and doing great projects and just doing them on their own and, and announcing it later. So it's a big tent and there's a lot of different styles. Yeah, yeah, really different styles. And again, it's going to be interesting to see in the future where it goes. Um, it's also like interesting that because we see that trend happening now in Europe, like with, with those FKTs, we need also to... Um, look out for like what's like genuine like beautiful um, adventures and what's like just like okay so that's nice you did like a the mountain in your backyard it does it make any sense or not because like the, the the trend will be also like to go and like call for fkts every other day um which will be more like okt versus fkt <laughs> but like up to what point it gets interesting. So what's the what's the limit also between like, hey, I, I get to the summit of Mont Blanc and back and that's relevant because it, it people like not, not notice that and um and you do something in in your backyard in your hill that nobody done in the past and all of a sudden oh I have the FKT of that hill. So is it more like a Strava segment or is it really FKT? I don't know. But it's also the trend that is happening in Europe. It's interesting because all of a sudden you have like that huge um interest and 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 people trying to get out of the race um where like with massification and so on with like they try to find something different but it, it's going to be interesting also to see how it evolves and how people like appropriate the fkt um philosophy to 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 their projects right well, there's that stylistic difference and of course, pardon me, Matt, but being a native French person, you would like to come back to what's beautiful, right? Yeah. What's inspiring? I like it. This is so <laughs> good. I mean, because some people say, what's the fastest? And uh, there's that other part of the community embodied wonderfully by yourself that said, what's the most beautiful line? You know, what's the most yeah. inspiring? So that's, that's fantastic. And I think Europe uh, personifies that. So speaking of what's next, the fastest known time of the year award has come to Europe. And you indeed yes. have organized this, patterned after what we've done for the past three years here in the United States. And you've organized a group of voters, highly credible voters, and you've got a list and they've all voted on it. And so I think next week on this very podcast, we're going to be finding out what the fastest known time of the year awards are in Europe. 
Yes, great stories to tell. So um, I can't wait, honestly. I can't wait. I like it. And uh, again, what you, I like the way you phrased it. it. You could say, well, there were some really fast times. That's not what you said. You said there's some great stories to tell. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's about, isn't it? It's it's why. It's how do these people inspire us and what makes it interesting and meaningful? Yes. Well, do you want to give us any quick hint? I mean, is it, so we have men and women's categories, and this could be yeah. from the UK to Italy. So here, let's let's just do a teaser. For the women, what country is uh, what country was the fastest known time of the year award done for women? What country uh, did it take place in? Ah, where did it, okay, so we have like a tie for first place oh. uh, for the women, and uh, it's going to be interesting to discuss about that, but it's both Iceland and Italy. Iceland and Italy, okay, the, the eyes did well this year. All right, well, there's a little teaser, so everybody, please stay tuned for next week. We're going to have Matt back, learn about the, uh, the great stories coming out of the Fast Known Time of the Year Award in Europe. And go, always go to our website, please. And they're, they're coming in hot and heavy. I know it's the middle of winter, at least in the northern hemisphere. But we're having probably two fastest known times getting posted to the website every day now in the middle of the winter. And if you want to make a donation, please do it on the website. You can be a Patreon or you can just make a donation. We'd really appreciate it. Matt, thank you very, very much. And I look forward to talking with you next week. Definitely. Thanks, Buzz. See you next week. Okay.